Welcome in, everybody, to EdTech Bites. Mike is here, Kelly Perderi, and Kim Lantrup here, ready to dive into everything related to the world of education and technology with you all. Follow us on Twitter at DCPS EdTechBytes to join the conversation. Speaking of conversation, Kelly and Kim, how are you both doing today? Anything exciting going on in your world? I am doing great. Um, a little bit happy, a little bit sad. Um, my older son, Tyler, went back to school, so we're back down to three in the Land Troop household. So it was so nice to have him home for the summer, but it's always, you know, a little sad to see him go. But thankfully, UF is only about an hour and a half away, so I'll still get to see him a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I am not ready to deal with uh, losing children to the real world. Um, But I do have some very exciting news. Uh, My husband just now, seconds before we started recording, accepted a job at Paxson, which is a super different. For those of you that don't know, it's kind of an advanced study school, college preparatory school. And it is so different than anything that he has ever taught before, which is really exciting for him because I think he's really going to enjoy it and get his passion for education back. That's so exciting. That is awesome. And my only good news is that I am just bought plane tickets to go see some family members in New York uh, in September. So I get to celebrate my sister and my mom's birthday in the same weekend. How fun. So that'll be fun. But back to this podcast, today we are going to be starting our season theme on 21st century learning design or what we're going to be calling 21CLD. Now this season will be seven episodes long. Each episode we're going to drill into what each of the six domains of 21CLD mean and how educators can think about implementing them in their classrooms. Uh, In the main course today, we're going to tackle the what and the why of 21CLD. So if you listen to the first episode, first of all, thank you. And second of all, you know that at Tech Bytes, we like to break down our episodes into three main portions. The Bytes maybe gives a hint to that. We have the appetizer, we got the main course, and we have the dessert. So with all that out of the way, let's jump into the appetizer. Today's appetizer is going to be what's new in EdTech. So we're going to highlight some EdTech features and Teams, Microsoft Teams. This is an application that a lot of teachers use daily, and they start off their school year with Teams, which we're hopefully jumping into the first or second month of the school year, depending on where you are in the country. So we want to highlight some things about Teams that maybe you should check out. So, Kim, just start us off. Oh, I have to say absolutely my favorite thing that has rolled out recently in Teams is the Reading Progress and the Reading Coach. So if you're not familiar with Reading Progress, it's basically a tool where students can record themselves reading a passage. It helps to build their confidence and their fluency. It also allows the kids to practice their reading kind of in a safe space where they don't have to read in front of the class. They can just record themselves, they can listen back, and it tells them all kinds of things such as, you know, you, re- you mispronounced this word or you repeated a word or you left this word out. And it can be sent right to the teachers so teachers can really see the, how the kids are reading and assess how they're doing. And then right along with that is the reading coach. So after the students have completed their passages, that will allow them to get some feedback based on the different words that the students pronounce. So those are two really, really awesome tools that rolled out this year that I just love. And they're available right through Teams in your assignments. Yeah, those are super awesome uh, tools and can really, I think, make a huge difference for uh, children and their reading in general, their proficiency and fluency. It's just incredible. Another really cool feature about Teams this year is something that teachers really, really wanted as soon as we started using Teams for classroom use was this kind of, people are used to Google, right? And they have this really nice 
home page of your classroom that you can customize and make real pretty. Teams didn't really offer that. It's kind of a mess. It's made for like spontaneous collaboration and, and not didn't have that hub feature that teachers wanted. Teams now is introducing that. It is slowly rolling out, but it is called a home page and it has that same customizability that Google Classroom has to be able to have a nice little image to welcome your students and then really an easy navigation that is customizable for your needs, where you want your students to go and easy access to all the resources in their classroom. Yeah, we're, we're so excited for that to get rolled out. And it's not there yet in our district, but it might be for yours. So double check that it is. I know it's on our phones. Yep, I, it is on my phone. It's going to be a game changer for sure for teachers. They're going to love that organization that comes with that homepage. Yeah, the one that I wanted to highlight really briefly was the update to assignments. So now you can actually see percentage of your students for per assignment. If I if you click on the assignment, you can actually see that that the kind of has changed. The like view option has changed. You can also filter by week or by month to actually see how my students are doing on a particular assignment. Um, so that's just a good feature because it's something that assignments didn't have beforehand. And if you're somebody that like me, you use assignments and teams all the time and you put a ton of stuff in there, it's just an easier way to view your students' progress and break it down. So with those three things, we're next gonna jump into our main course. So diving into our main course today, we are titling this main course 21 CLD ingredients. And that's because we're talking all about the what and the why of 21 CLD. So let's start with what Microsoft 21st Century Learner Design is. First, it's designed to help educators transform education and prepare learners for life in the modern world. This idea of 21 CLD was developed by Microsoft after Microsoft themselves and other employers realized that some of the members of the workforce didn't possess the skills needed to be successful in their own field. So Microsoft commissioned a study to look at what are these skills that workers were lacking and that they need, and how are we measuring them in schools? So they identified six skills, or what they call dimensions or domains, known as knowledge construction, collaboration, real-world problem-solving, skilled communication, self-regulation, and finally, information communication technology for learning. So what we're going to do this season is focus on how educators can create opportunities for students to develop those skills in their classrooms. Right. And even though those, the skills are what we are focusing on with um, Microsoft's 21st Century Learning Design course that they've created, the idea of 21st Century Learning Design has been around for a while. Essentially, since the, the year 2000 hit and we started looking at or like educators and researchers started looking at the difference between people that were born before all of these technology advances were happening rapidly and people that were born after that. And so there became a need to think about education differently because children that have been raised with technology being an integral part of their lives, they think differently. So there was some research that was done between 2003 and 2007 that actually looked at how children raised with computers think differently than the rest of us. They've developed these kind of hypertext minds and they leap all around. Um, it's as a, if their like, cognitive structures are parallel and not sequential. So a logical order actually doesn't process the right way. Hmm. Um, and they react, they respond more naturally to hypertext and more instant gratification. So essentially every input they give, they need something back. And traditional education doesn't work with that. 
as part of the study, one of the things that they looked at was um, how many questions a child gets to ask in a normal cl classroom setting. And what they determined was each child gets to ask one question every 10 hours in a wow. traditional what? classroom setting. Wow, that's unbelievable. Right. That's just sad. That just makes me sad. Yeah, and so think about a child who is used to getting instant gratification, like immediate gratification. They have all these things going inside their minds. They're mm -hmm. not getting that at all, so they tune out. So right. we think children have no attention span. In reality, they're tuning out. It's not that they don't want to focus or pay attention. They're not being given a reason to focus or pay attention. So would this be, like, not millennials? Millennials count in this category if it was 2003, 2007? Yeah. Because, like, I'm a millennial, obviously, right. and I grew up kind of half, I feel like half my life I grew up with technology. I got my first cell phone in high school, but doesn't mean the internet wasn't around. Obviously, it was. In middle school, I had internet in my house. But I feel like it was, it's different for, like, the Gen Z Right. So kids. think about, so that study was done with, like, our age, and they were looking at children raised on Sesame Street, as opposed <laughs> to people before them. But think about our children now that are raised oh, on yeah. these quick three-minute videos. Yeah. And I'm laughing because Mike said that, you know, he had internet in middle school. And I remember the days when there was no internet at all. So, you know, and I think sometimes it can be scary for teachers to try and think about revamping everything they're doing. But I think the key for this is really just to start very small. Pick one little area that you want to focus on. Because if you think about education and where it started a long time ago, our whole education system was to prepare kids to get industri industrial revolution and to work in factories. And so we really have to focus on now thinking about there's some jobs out there that these we don't even know about yet that these kids might be having. So they need to have those real world application and problem solving skills and how to work with others. And so I think that's so important. It's, it's OK to start slow and do it's not all going to happen at one time, but we need to make like a very purposeful effort to start making that change for kids. Yeah, I mean, bringing up that what you just said, Kim, I just saw that over half jo of the jobs today require technology skills. Now, that doesn't feel like a lot, but in, let's, in less than a decade, that number is going to grow to 77%. So we're talking yeah. a huge chunk of the mm -hmm. workforce that it's not like I'm going to just sit on a computer. These are technology skills that they need. So how are we not only just having them do that in computer class, but how are we getting them to think differently about technology in content in core classes to not only make them better at tech, but to also help broadcast the actual content? Because the, the type of stuff that we want to do with 21CLD, the knowledge construction and collaboration and using tech tools is going to help the content. It's mm -hmm. going to help them in the classroom. And that's, that's kind of a hurdle that a lot of teachers need to get over is right. that, oh, if I start implementing these things, well, I'm not going to have time for my content. I'm not going to have time to teach yeah. them math and science and social studies and ELA. It's like, no, you will. It's right. going to be better, actually. It, and it, your it kids has... are going to be engaged and excited and preparing themselves for the future, yeah. too. It's just scary to jump in and to, to really embrace it all. And like Kim said, just starts with one thing. Yep. Just do yeah. one thing. And another thing kind of related to the skills and what they're going to need for the future, think about how many jobs now are work-from-home jobs. That you are sure. on so the computer. Many. And for the most part, we aren't teaching students how to collaborate using digital tools or even how to communicate effectively using, using digital tools, which are, that's an easy, easy to embed thing that you could add into your classroom. Instead of having them work on a poster together, they can 
work on a PowerPoint together and communicate and collaborate using technology instead of your manipulatives. And even giving students a choice, everything doesn't necessarily have to be through technology, but maybe giving them different platforms that they can try out. So they can do a PowerPoint or they can make a Canva, or if they wanted to do a poster for one activity, they certainly can do that as well. But kind of putting that ownership on the kids and letting them feel like they have some decision-making in what they're learning and how they're doing it. And I know as a teacher, I mean, when I was in the classroom, I certainly wanted them to know U.S. history stuff, and I wanted them to be able to engage in conversation. But I also was like really making sure that these kids had some quality skills like debate, like making sure that they can hold an argument, that they can find supported facts to defend themselves or have a have a, a intellectual conversation at the dinner table. I always talked about that. Like, I want to make sure when you guys leave classroom today, you can have a good conversation with your parents and spark that debate. And if we start thinking about skills and technology the same way, all teachers do this. They just might not be focused in on the tech part of it. They might think about skills in algebra or skills in science. But if we can just make sure that we're implementing that tech piece, then I think it's going to help kids in the future. It's going to help them in this new workforce, this modern workforce that we're seeing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And engage them and maintain their attention that they might not want to give you if you're providing the information in a different way. Yeah, I think the engagement piece is huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids that have a laptop in front of them, they're already just like, they're there. But keeping them there is really hard. Because like you brought up before, Kelly, kids are engaged online with bright colors and sounds every three seconds. Mm -hmm. I mean, TikTok in general is an engagement powerhouse because you just click through. And kids are used to that engagement. So how how do we mimic that type, not in terms of like flash sort of activities, but how do we mimic engagement with technology in the classroom that keeps them engaged in what they're doing, helps them with the content, motivates them to learn more and learn deeper, and then also builds skills for the future. So it's a, it's, it's a win-win, win-win, yeah. whatever, win. Win, 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 win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's really what we're going to be exploring more in depth in this season, is how we exactly we can bridge that gap to meet those skills without getting rid of the necessities that we need to be teaching for our students as well. And even how to break it down and start small, little things that you can do to start now to to start putting that stuff into your lessons. Yeah, so with that, we're gonna jump into the dessert section. For today's dessert, we're gonna be playing a little game. The game's called Like It, Love It, or Leave It. I'm gonna give us three items and you're gonna have to pick one that you like, one that you love, and one that you wanna leave or get rid of. Maybe throw in the trash, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's also the dessert section. So we have two rounds of this section. Um, the first round is gonna be fittingly dessert related, just for fun, make sure we have the rules of the game and make sure we get the hang of it, which obviously the, uh, the title of the game is very hard to understand. So I'm not <laughs> sure that we need this section, but it's, it's too much fun to not do. And then round two is gonna be ed tech related. So something that you might be able to use in your classrooms. So round one, we ready? Ready. <laughs> like it, love it, or leave it. Here are three options. Ice cream, brownies, or chocolate chip cookies. So we're going to start here with our like it. So I'm gonna, we're going to go around the table. We're all going to say, which one of those three do we want to like? Ice cream, brownies, or chocolate chip cookies? Let's start with Kelly. I'm going to have to go with ice cream for my like it. 
Do I need to give a reason? Oh, yes. <laughs> you absolutely need to give reasoning. Well, because I love ice cream, mm. but I don't Sounds like you like love it. it, love it enough to not just like it. Because I, if I were given a choice, and I can go into this later, I would choose something else over ice cream. Okay. Gotcha. My turn. Um, I'm one of those really super weird people that don't enjoy desserts at all. I'm much more of like a fried and, you know, potato chips and pretzels and things like that. But if I had to pick one of those, I would say my like it would probably be chocolate chip cookies. I love to make them. I love the dough when they're cooked. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Not so much. <laughs> my like it is going to have to be, just for variety's sake, ice cream. It's got to be ice cream because there is so much, there's so much, I mean, how I, I kind of like vanilla ice cream. I would leave chocolate ice cream, which I know in some variety I might love it, but I would That's leave fair. that. And then I would really love some other flavors. So I'm going to just say middle ground. I like ice cream. Okay. I, I would like it. All right. Um, let's do our love it. Chocolate chip cookies. I could live (laughs) off of cookies. (laughs) And in fact, I did when I was pregnant. I pretty much did live off of chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) That's funny. I think my love it would actually be ice cream, even though you both are like it. Because I I could do some ice cream. I could do it. Interestingly (laughs) enough, I'm also a love for chocolate chip cookies. Ah, the smell of a warm chocolate chip cookie. Mm -hmm. I I honestly don't think there's a better dessert than a warm chocolate chip cookie Mm -hmm. and milk. Yep. Maybe yeah. if there's some ice cream on top of the chocolate chip whoa, cookie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Then we're just, <laughs> there's a strict rules to the game. Um, okay, so are we in agreement of our leave it? Is brownies? Yeah, yes. I would leave brownies in a heartbeat. Wow. Yeah, it's hard because mm. I love chocolate. Yeah. So it's hard to leave brownies, but I don't like a lot of brownies. Yeah, there's a big debate online about which piece of the brownie from the tin would you eat. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I need a little bit of edge. The middle's too fudgy, but the corner's too much edge. So, really, I'm eliminating so much of the pan. <laughs> I might like as well just leave. One piece of edge, please. Yeah, I'll just leave the brownies. Okay, on to round two. So, we get the rules of the game. Yep, got it. On to round two. We're going to do ed tech application or tool for student presentations. So, you're a teacher, and you give an assignment, and you say to your kids, okay, I want you to make a quick presentation. It doesn't have to be long, but... Here are your choices for those application or tools for you to give a presentation to the class. And which ones, as a, as a teacher, do you want to see your students choose? So the three options we have are PowerPoint, Canva, and Sway. That's Microsoft Sway. So let's start with our Like It. Which one do we like, Kelly? Canva. Hmm. Really? Yeah. That surprises me coming from you. For students. Okay. For students. Okay. And my reason is because of the amount of choice that is available in Canva, which can be overwhelming for students because they get lost in the choice aspect. Or they don't really, well, they do get lost, but they love the choice aspect. So they can spend way too much time trying to pick an element and not really focusing on the content. I can see that. And that also depends on the age of the students Mm -hmm. and everything else as well. I can see that. Okay, Kim? For me, I think my like it is going to be PowerPoint. Good old PowerPoint. (laughs) Um, It was something that I used tremendously when I was training as part of the math team. Um, It was also before we got Canva. And I did not, I'm going to be honest, I did not really know what Sway was until I came onto this team and really started learning some things. So I'm going to go with PowerPoint. Okay. My like it is Sway. Mm -hmm. And 
it shocked me thinking about these three because I really do enjoy the other two. But this is for me personally designing. I like the other two. I don't like using Sway for myself, but I think for students, especially for quick presentations, if I'm telling my kids by the end of this lesson, I need you to have something put together that you could present to an audience. Um, and that's, we're going to get into that with 21 CLD, having an audience and what that is like. But for kids, I think Sway is a great tool because the content, once you understand the content, putting the pieces of the Sway together is very, very simplistic. And it, it makes an incredible looking presentation. So kids feel good about it. You feel good about it as a teacher and props to the kids that get to present it. All right, let's jump into our love it. Kelly. Okay. So I am going to choose PowerPoint for my love it solely based on the fact of how easy it is for students to collaborate using PowerPoint because they pretty much already know it. So that there's not much of a learning curve there. And the collaboration, especially in teams, makes it so easy for them to work together and deal with the difficulties of choosing a you know background design and choosing transitions that everybody will agree with. It's a really good test in group work. Okay, okay. I picked Canva for my love it. Um, and I think I did that because, well, I know I did that because <laughs> there's so many different templates to choose from. So students can easily customize the presentation if they're not great at designing or they can start from scratch. Um, and I just think I love working with Canva and I think the students would get the hang of it pretty quickly. But I understand what you were saying in terms of so much choice. So there would have to be some parameters like we're not going to have 45 minutes of picking <laughs> an element. So, but yes, Canva is my love. My love is also Canva. Hey. <laughs> and I chose Canva for almost the exact opposite reasons that you only or you loved or liked. I think, Kelly, you said you liked it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, because I want my students to explore and create differently than maybe they will it in other classrooms. And I think Canva is such an incredible tool for student creativity. It, there's so, there are so many options. But if you give them a time limit and you make sure that they understand that, the collaboration piece is easy because it is a shared document so the kids can be on it at the same time. You can also have students work interdependently and having parts of the presentation, like certain slides of the presentation for kids to work on so that that's easy too for kids to have that interdependence. And I think it creates such a cool product that they're not getting in a lot of other classes. Like they can actually make almost like an art design product mm -hmm. in their yeah. presentation style. And the templates make it super easy if, if they are having a hard time figuring that out. It's true. So there's a, there's a wide variety. So then our leave it section, we are, we are all different. We actually have all different answers. So I'm going to start with Kelly. My leave it is Sway. Uh, although I do agree with what Mike said about how easy it is for students to really use it. It is. It's plug and play. But that's exactly the reason why I wouldn't want to use it. Because there's not that same level of challenge and kind of creative thinking involved in using Sway. You got to think more about, it's more topic heavy. You're focus more on the information that you're presenting instead of the design and all that. So there's benefits to that, but I'd still leave it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to agree with Kelly with all of those same reasons. Um, Sway was the one that I left as well. Um, but I think it does have its values in certain places when you want your kids focused solely on the content, but to still have a beautiful presentation tool because it does all that work for them. But I had to pick one. So sorry, Sway, got to leave it. <laughs> My leave is PowerPoint. Don't throw daggers. <laughs> I see the eyes. <laughs> it's my leave it because I do feel like kids know it the most. They use it the most. And also, it's 
kind of vanilla. It's a little bit been there, done that, sort of get it. Like there are some cool features. Obviously, PowerPoint, there's a ton of cool features and it's sort of like endless updating, which is great. But I like, I want my kids to experience a little something different in their presentations. But ultimately, I think the whole point of this is have your kids try all three. Find what just, they like the best. Right. Just like we all had different things that we prefer, they're going to have that too. So that's why that choice is so important. And if you give your kids the option of designing, at least maybe in the beginning, have them showcase a little bit of their design in all three, have little little assignments where they can experiment. That way, when you do give them this presentation content question, whatever, they can choose freely because they've experimented with all three. Yeah. And that's one of the goals of 21st century learning design anyways, Look is for that. them to be able to choose the tool that will work best for them. Yeah, we're going to hear a lot about that coming up in the next couple episodes. So jump on Twitter and post your answers to these two like it, love it, or leave it questions yourself with the hashtag like it, love it, leave it. And then make sure to tag and follow us at DCPS EdTechBytes. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to follow us on Twitter to keep the conversation going. Until next time, I'm Mike. Kelly. And Kim. Thank you so much for joining us on EdTech Bites. Bye-bye.